Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'll give you all both a candy bar since you all both got it. All right. We are going to go back over Romans 12, 1 and 2. Does anybody remember what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says? Yes. We talked about the mercies of God. In view of the mercies of God, we talked about how Paul was trying to urge these people and tell them, hey, listen up, pay attention to what I'm going to tell you. Going back over Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good pleasing and perfect will of God. All right, somebody in a nutshell tell me what this verse means. Can anybody? We talked about, we talked about this in-depth Sunday. Yes, it does, uh, part of the verse does have to do with sanctification. What else? Yes, it talks about, but come on, what do we talk about? I don't want you to just tell me what the words are. Tell me what we talked about. What does this verse mean or these verses mean? All right, stop guessing, guys. Do you all not remember Sunday? I know. In Sunday school. All right, remember, what did we talk about? First of all, he's talk, who is he talking to? He's talking to Christians because it says brothers and sisters, okay? He is talking to the church. He's talking to the Christians. In view of the mercies of God, what do we talk about that? Say what? Huh? Yes. I have done an in-depth study on grace and mercy in the last several weeks, and Christians actually have grace and mercy confused. Yes. Grace is what empowers us to do what God has called us to do. Mercy is what uh, God gives us that, frankly, um, we don't deserve. Or wait a minute. Hold on. Let me, let me rephrase this. I get confused on this. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Okay. So, in view of the mercies of God, you remember I gave you that whole list of the mercies of God. Salvation was included in it. I mean, the list was long. So, think about this. Not getting what you do deserve, okay? Therefore, he's, he's, he's using that therefore. He's talking to the brothers and sisters. He's talking to Christians in view of the mercies of God. I urge you. That urge is like a plea. He's really pushing He's like, come on, guys, let's go. You know how a coach gets you pumped up, you know, before a game. He's urging you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice that is holy, that is pleasing to God. This is your true act of worship. You want to worship God? What do you do? JC, if you want to worship God, what do you want to do? Huh? Where's your Bible? Waiting for you to give me the answer. 
Make yourself a living sacrifice. This is your truest form of worship. Now, does that mean that you've got to go and lay yourself on the altar and have somebody kill you? No. Because why? There's a key word, living. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So what does that look like? What does presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice look like? Being obedient? What's another word for that? Nope. What's another word for that? It is obedience. That's what Jaden said, but there's another word. I'll give you a hint. It starts with an S. No. We're talking about what is living sacrifice means. Starts with an S. No. Ends with an R. No. What does being a living sacrifice look like? Yes and no. R. Yes. Oftentimes in a game or if you're in a war, you don't want to do this. Surrender. Surrender. When... The living sacrifice, it is coming before God and surrendering your entire being, your emotions, everything to God and say, God, not me, but you. You know, going back to Galatians 2.20, it says, for I am crucified with Christ. However, not that I live, but you live through me. That is complete surrender. That is what it looks like. When we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, we are offering, we are, we're, we're kind of like, uh, Chris Tomlin has a song called White Flag. Total surrender. God, it's not me. I can't do anything. If I do something, I'm going to mess it up when it comes to the Christian life. So it is total surrender. That's what being a living sacrifice. Also, this is your true form of service or worship. I don't know how to worship God. Well, right here has it. You want to know how to worship God? In view of the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and sacrifice that's totally pleasing to God. And then it goes on to say what? What does it go on to say? It's in the Bible. What? Do not be conformed to this age. What is that saying? What does that mean? Huh? Don't be a part of the world. In other words, whatever the world's doing, stay away from it. Don't conform to it. Conform means that you are uh, allowing or you, you're okay with what's going around on around you. You know, don't conform to the culture that you're in. I know it's hard. Don't conform to things that might be going on in school. You know, just because somebody may be looking at a, a, a dirty joke or um, 
doing something they're not supposed to doesn't mean that you need to conform to it, right? Don't conform to it. Don't conform to the temptations that the devil's trying to get you to do, right? Yes, especially in this age. What if, what if the law comes down to the point where it's a sin or it's against the law to open your Bible and read? What are you going to do? You can't protest. No, you cannot. That's just going to cause more problems. What are you going to do? You're just never going to open up your Bible again? Huh? But is it breaking a rule? But is it really breaking the rule? God's law is above man's law. So if man sets it, sets to, uh, if man makes a law, says you can't read your Bible, you can't pray, you can't go to church, what, do you, what should you do? Well, I'm going to stay home and, well, I can watch, I, I can watch church online. Well, I mean, probably not if, if it's against the law. Remember Daniel? Daniel was, uh, he was uh, a high-ranking man and uh, was close to the king. I think it was king, was it Darius? I think it was. And uh, some men were after him. And said, hey, the only way we're going to be able to get Daniel to mess up is if we pass a law that goes against his God. What did Daniel do every day? He prayed three times a day. Did he pray hidden? No. He opened up the windows of his house, and he knelt right there before the windows, and he prayed faithfully three times a day. The king passed, uh, because of these men, the king passed the uh, law saying, you shall not bow down to anybody but the king. What Daniel did. So what happened? Pretty much a law was created that you cannot bow down and pray to God. What Daniel do? Did he sin? No. And what happened? He was thrown in the lion's den and he was ripped from bone to bone, limb to limb. What happened? No, that's not what happened. He had the most comfortablest pillow by laying on that, uh, that lion, and the other lions came and wrapped around him and made him nice and warm. That's what happened. Yes, the angels did shut the mouth of the lion, but that's what I like to... But imagine. Now, were those lions hungry? Absolutely. Because when Daniel pulled up, Guess what? Those people that ratted on Daniel were thrown in, them and their families were thrown into that den of lions, and each of them were pretty much gone before they hit the lions, the floor of the den. You don't believe me? Go read the story. So that tells me those lions were hungry. But what I'm saying is, don't conform to the world. Just because the world, just because somebody tells you, to do it doesn't mean you have to. But the best way not to conform to this world is to make yourself a living sacrifice. 
You can't jump to two without verse one taking place. You have to understand who God is. And that's how you, you in the view of mercy's God, understand what God has done for you. <clears throat> Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your true worship. Do not conform to this age. But what does it say to do? Don't be conformed, but be what? Transformed. How are you transformed here? By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? All right, I'm going to open up this novel and start reading. This will help me renew my mind. You totally missed the point. So you can just pick up anything and read. Okay, let's be more specific. Read the Bible. What else? Pray. Worship. By renewing your mind, change the way you think. You got you to understand, our minds are automatically geared to sin. Our minds are automatically geared to do to go against what is right, to go against what God's word says. That's because of our sin nature. You can thank Adam for that. Well, we, we won't go there. But that is what's renewing our mind. So we got we to gotta renew our mind. We have to take in God's word. We have to understand. We have to talk to him. We have to fellowship him. We have to spend time with him. We have to worship him. And as we begin to do this, our mind, we become transformed because our, remi our mind is renewed each and every day. Also, we do this so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now you're saying, Thomas, we just heard this. Why are you going, why, why are you going back over this? Because I want to share with you what happens when you don't transform? I want to share a verse of scripture with you. What happens when you do conform to the world and you don't make yourself a living sacrifice? Turn with me to the front of your Bibles. To the book of Genesis. I was reading this this week, and this really just stood out to me like a sore thumb. I don't know how many times I've read this story, but I never have seen this until this week. Y'all have all heard, mostly, most all of y'all have heard this story. All of y'all, if, if most of y'all. How many of you know who the first two kids on the face of this earth were? Cain and Abel. And that's what we're going to read about. So Genesis chapter 4. Starting in verse 1. Genesis chapter 4 starting in verse 1. Well everybody knows what happens. The man was intimate with his wife Eve and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. She also gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel became a shepherd of the flocks, but Cain worked the ground. 
In the course of time, Cain presented some land's produce as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock, and their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious, and he looked despondent. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you furious, and why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain said to his brother, Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were there in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Also known as the first murder in the Bible that's recorded. So, what do we see taking place in this passage? We have two brothers, right? What were their names? Cain and Abel. What did they do? Yes. And what happened? Okay. He was probably offering the fruits of those plants or something. But anyway, produce is what it says, I think. Yeah. But anyway, they came from a plant, so close enough. So what did Cain do wrong? Well, he said he gave him the best of his, of his produce. It wasn't a blood sacrifice. You know, you remember when sacrifice had to happen, it had to be a blood sacrifice. And this is why God blessed Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's sacrifice, even though Cain gave his best that he had grown. Can you imagine that? The purest? It's probably not best than what Adam and Eve had in the garden, but close to it, you know. So, what happened to Cain after this? I mean, Oh, you missed like something else. He was angry. He was angry. But this is where we're going to talk about. What did God say to him? Stop right there. I didn't see that until this week. God was giving Cain an opportunity to make things right. He said, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? In other words, he was telling Cain, said, look, yes, I didn't bless your sacrifice because you brought the wrong thing. But if you do what's right, won't you be accepted? If you go back and offer the blood sacrifice, don't you think that I will accept it? God is giving Cain a way out. God is saying, why are you so angry? Go back and do the right thing. Because why? What did Jesus say after this? Or what did God say after this? 
stop. God told Cain, listen, go back and fix the problem. Go back and fix the mistake. But I want to warn you. God was telling Cain, he knew, he was telling Cain, if you don't fix this, sin's coming at your door. Or it's already at your door, it's going to pounce on you. In other words, God was telling Cain, if you don't fix this, you're fixing to do something you regret. He knew what was fixing to take place. If Cain did not fix the problem. Students, what happened? Cain didn't listen to God. And what happened? Sin came in. Sin was already there because he didn't make the right sacrifice. But instead of dealing with it and fixing the problem, he ignored God. He didn't present himself as a living sacrifice. And it ultimately led to him killing his own brother over a sacrifice. He killed his own brother because he chose to disobey and not do what God had told him to do. He chose not to be a living sacrifice. Now, somebody may not be thinking this, but I'm going to put this thought into your mind. Uh, Thomas, are you saying that if I don't become a living sacrifice, I'm going to go out and kill somebody? I'm not going to answer that question. But I will tell you this. When we don't do what God has asked us to do, we don't follow Him as believers in Christ, when we don't stay in the Word, when we don't present our bodies as a living sacrifice, what happens? We conform ourselves to the world, right? When that happens, we're capable of doing anything. We're capable of being the meanest person that we've ever been. We're capable of doing things that we swore we'd never do. Because our God's will is for us to be lined up with Him. Our God's will is for us to be a living sacrifice for Him. And when we choose not to do that, when we choose to step away from that, we are stepping away from God's will. And we remember that umbrella I showed up several weeks ago? When we step out from that umbrella of protection, it opens ourselves up to allowing Satan to do anything he wants us to do. It pulls us away from God. And without the protection of God, we open up ourselves to doing horrendous things. And you're like, even murder? Unfortunately, yes. And it's like, man, that's harsh. How many of you do you know, well, you might not know, but if you ever studied murders across the globe, there's a lot of them out there. I'd probably say at least 50% or more. 
that say, it was an accident. I just reacted and it happened. Guess what? Our reactions are sometimes what gets us in trouble more than anything, right? Our reactions sometimes pop off on our mom and dad. Our reactions sometimes cause us to yell at our mom and dad. To back talk our mom and dad. Because I'm hitting home at some places. Our reaction causes us to say things that we shouldn't say to our friends. You did what? Well, you're a no-good loser. Sometimes when you get mad enough, you react. And a lot of times our reaction is what gets us in trouble. That's what got Cain in trouble. He reacted. He had a chance to take care of it, but he reacted. Now, I'm not saying y'all are a bunch of murdering people. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, don't ever say, I will never be like Cain. Don't ever say that. Yes, God says, if you have hate in your heart with somebody, you have committed murder. But does that send you to jail? No. It's still wrong in God's sight. I'm just trying to show you the importance. You know, we just started a new year. Like we talked about Sunday. Is 2023 going to be better than 2022 as far as your walk with God? What are you going to do for God in 2023 that you weren't able to do in 2022? Or maybe say, you know what? This is what I did for God in 2022. You know what? I want to do more in 2023. I don't know what that looks like for you. I can't. That's between you and God. But what I'm saying is we need to strive, just like it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. In view of the mercies of God, Paul's urging the people in Rome, in view of the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Say, God, here I am. I am all yours. I surrender everything. I surrender from the top of my head to the very bottoms of my feet. I surrender my mind, my will, my emotions, everything to your lordship. And guess what, students? You can't just do it once. This is an every day process every day we need to wake up and surrender said Jesus God I want to present myself as a living sacrifice for you today I don't want to conform to this world I don't want to fall into the sin to the the trap of sin that is plaguing our world today that's plaguing our cities that's plaguing my schools and the only way I can stay away from that is to Offer myself as a living sacrifice. Be willing to do anything God wants you to do. Surrender. Sell out for him. Saying, God, take me and use me. Use me to reach my friends. Use me to reach my teachers. Use me to reach my families. 
Use me to reach my neighbors. Use me to reach anybody that you want me to reach. Students, it's time we present our bodies as a living sacrifice for God. It's time that we surrender. I don't know what 2023 holds, but I don't know about you. I want to do more for God in 2023 than what I did in 2022. And I don't know what that looks like. But you know what? In order for you to see what that looks like, you have to be willing. You have to surrender. You have to say, God, here I am. But when you do it, surrender all. Don't say, God, I'm going to surrender this and this and this part of my life. But I'm going to keep this part. It won't work. Worship God and say, God, here I am. Use me. I've got some friends that don't know you. I've got some family that doesn't know you. I've got some next door neighbors that don't know you. I've got some teachers that don't know you. Father, help me to become that living sacrifice so you can use me to be a witness. I want everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed. Eli, go play that song. Just hit play. I'm going to play the song for a minute, and I'm just going to give you a time to pray. As we start this new year, I want to give you a time to, maybe you haven't been living right. Maybe there's some things in your life that you need to take care of to get to this point of becoming a living sacrifice for God so that God can use you. You know, like I said Sunday, it's another year, but you also got to look at it this way. It's another year closer that Jesus is coming back. And when you look at it that from that standpoint, it almost seems like the, if you, t if you look at an hourglass, it's slowly almost empty. And when you think of your friends and your family that are lost, they don't have much time. They need to see you. They need to see Jesus in you. So this song's fixing to play, and during this time, ask God, God, what, what, is it, what, what is it that I need to do to become this living sacrifice? What do I need to do, change in my life, to become this living sacrifice? So that I can be 100% used by you. This is your time. Father, as we enter in this time of prayer. and Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would move through these students. Father, if there's things in their life that they need to get right. If there's things in their life that they need to change. Father, if there's things in their life they've got to do different. Father, God, I just ask that through this song. That, Father, you would just speak to them.
And the Father, they would sell out for you tonight. The Father, that they would become the living sacrifice that you're calling us to be tonight. Father, I'm asking you to move in the only way you can move. In your name we pray, amen. Y'all continue to bow your heads. This is a time of prayer. If you need to talk to one of us, we're here to talk to. If you just need to come and kneel at this wall, do whatever you need to do. What is God telling you? I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
Father, I thank you and praise you for who you are. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Father, I thank you for your mercies that are new every morning for us. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. Father, I can sit here all night and be thankful for everything that you've done. Father, I thank you that we have an opportunity to become living sacrifices for you. And Father, like the scripture says, this is our truest form of worship when we come to the point in our life where we just lay everything down and completely surrender and say, God, it's you and it's not me. When we say, God, take my life, lead me for your honor, for your glory. Father, this is our truest form of worship. And Father, it's something that we need to do so we don't become partakers of the world. Father, the world needs to see you in us today. And I, Father, I pray for each student, each adult here tonight. Father, I pray that tonight that they surrendered their hearts to you. That they made themselves a living sacrifice for you. And that, Father, as they go to school tomorrow, that, Father, that you begin to work in their lives and that people all around them will begin to see your glory on their, in their life. For your honor and for your glory. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand up. We're going to sing the song. From the moment that I wake 